I'm really excited to come before you guys tonight. I thank Brother Jordan for giving me the opportunity. Um, this is, like he said, something that uh, I don't feel like necessarily like I'm called to be a full-time pastor or anything like that, but I do feel that um, the Lord's put something in me to share. And, uh, you know, everybody's called to do something. Nobody's called not to do anything. And uh, everybody should have something to say. <clears throat> but uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, I'd like to talk to everybody tonight about confessions. And uh, I, I kind of had a title, but I scrapped it. So we're just going to go with confessions for now. But uh, <clears throat> uh, confessions, they need to be bold. Uh, confessions need to be strong, and you need to mean it. And it doesn't need to be uh, something that's like a routine. It's like, well, Lord, I'm getting up in the morning, and here I go with my confessions. And you just rattle some stuff off that has no power or meaning to it. Confession needs to be something that is living, and it's something that's alive to you because the, the Word of God is alive and it's powerful. And so um, <clears throat> I've noticed uh, your faith comes quicker when you hear yourself uh, quoting and speaking and saying the things that God said. Uh, go ahead and open to uh, Genesis uh, 2. Genesis 2, please. Uh, we're going to start in, if I can find it, uh, verse 7. <clears throat> I'm reading now the uh, NLT tonight. Um, then the Lord God formed the, formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Um, many times before, pastor, when, he's, when pastor's going over this verse with us and teaching us, um, I've heard him more times than, than not uh, talk about the original Hebrew. I haven't looked it up for myself. I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar by any means, but I'm going off what my pastor said. Uh, the Hebrew uh, says in that last part when it says that um, uh, man became a living person, in the Hebrew it translates to man, man became a speaking spirit. It didn't say that he became a walking spirit or a listening spirit or a smelling spirit or a looking spirit. It said he became a speaking spirit. So uh, to me, that's kind of a big deal. And he could have said, he could have listed anything, oh, excuse me, fill in the blank. He could have put anything there, but he chose to say speaking spirit. Um, if you notice, um, this whole relationship with God, this whole living your life for Christ, everything, it all starts with that first confession of, of who, who Jesus is to you, saying, Lord, I accept you into my life. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. So that's the, that's the first step into this relationship with God and to this journey with God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, go to uh, Romans uh, ten nine with me, please. I got my pages marked here because it's kind of awkward to uh, turn some pages with a mic in your hand if you've ever done it. Uh, just this goes along with what I was saying. Uh, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that first part says, if you confess with your mouth. So that is the first initial confession that any uh, new believer is ever going to have. Um, and uh, I noticed um, your words will either acquit, uh, acquit you or condemn you. In, um, in Matthew twelve thirty seven. let me get there in Matthew twelve thirty seven, it says the words that you say will either acquit you or they're going to condemn you and I looked up those two words I kind of just want to know what acquit and condemn mean acquit means to be declared righteous and we know that um, 
righteous, righteousness means to be in right standing with God, and uh, condemn means to be uh, to pronounce judgment against or to be sentenced. So with your words, you can either be declared the righteousness of God or you can be sentenced. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm going to choose to uh, be declared righteous with God. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me get a drink of water. Jacob Boger, you're a big drink, uh, water drinker, aren't you? Nope, not funny. Okay. <laughs> he goes through like three bottles of water while he preaches. But um, let's look at some uh, common, commonly used confessions that people say every day. <clears throat> and these are ones that I've either, I've either heard personally or I've, you know, listened to like a sermon teaching and I've heard people preaching on. Some of these ones I just, I get so tired of hearing these just to be honest. Let's, let's talk about some of these. Uh, somewhere, sometimes in the country, the people like to say, you know, brother, that just tickles me to death. <laughs> really? Okay. <clears throat> this is one I hear so many times. Oh, you know, there's this flu going around and, uh, you know, probably wind up getting it. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, I remember one time I was over here where I, where I normally sit and it was either, I think it was during a quarry event and they had a bunch of raffles in the back back there. Hoss, you know I'm going with this, I think. And, uh, I was standing there talking to a couple of guys. And of course, I didn't win. Just Well, I shouldn't say it like that. But I didn't win that night. And I remember saying real loud, gosh, I never win anything. And a certain church mom did that really slow, long stare <laughs> at me like that and did one of these. Trish, Trish Wills. Um, a really slow, long stare. And, I, and immediately, as soon as it happened, I'm like, ooh. I probably shouldn't have said that. And uh, I kind of, I got got checked pretty quick. Um, I have a, have a person that is, I won't say who, related to me, and uh, she liked to use these three phrases all the time. I'd say, you know, man, you know, people really like you. Well, nobody likes me. You know, I say, oh, you look really nice today. I'm so ugly. And then uh, my, my favorite one that she said all the time was, you know, hey, you should come to Corey or come to church some night. You know, there's people that really like you. She's like, well, you know, I'm just so depressed all the time and everybody's so happy there and I just don't want to fake it. All right. <clears throat> and I just got some other ones down here like, uh, I love it when uh, things are never going to get better. Things between me and my boss will well, probably get worse. And um, I've heard this, this is one of those uh, family tradition things. I'm sure I'll get cancer too. It runs in my family. And uh, one that, and some of these are even ones I said, not the cancer one, but um, my car is always acting up. I've heard those so many times. Well, of course it's going to act up. Um, did I just step on somebody's toes? I hope not. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, um, I was thinking about it. What if Jesus came to this room right now and he said, Madeline, from this time forward, everything that you say will come to pass exactly the way you say it. Well, if that's the case, then you would be tickled to death. <laughs> you would never win anything. You'd always be ugly. You would be depressed. Things would never get better in your life. Uh, the things at your job would just get worse. You'd get cancer because it, you know, it runs in your family, and your car would always act up. And uh, <laughs> I, I saved my favorite one, my most favorite one for last. I love it when people say this. It, it just really it fills me full of energy is when I get here and I say, Hey, brother, smack him on the shoulder. How you doing? I'm tired. 
tired. You're tired? Oh, that's, that's really, really that's awesome to say. But, um, you know, I kind of want to stop and pause on that one for a second because I can't say how many times I've heard that and how much it bothers me. I used to say it a lot, and I realized I got what I said. I, I would be tired all the time. And it's really not fair to people like Brother Jordan and uh, Brother Jacob and the pastor when they uh, they labor in the Word all the time, day and night, all night. And, uh, you know, they come here prepared, and they come here passionate, full energy, and all they get is tired. You know, it's, that's not really fair to them. <clears throat> it's not fair to yourself either. So um, I want to encourage anybody who has a friend that says that now, you, you all need to practice this. If someone walks up, you walk up and give the old smack on the shoulder and say, hey, brother, how you doing? They say, I'm tired. Just look at them and say, hey, you know, regardless of how your day went, I'm sure you might be tired, but I'm going to believe you're going to be refreshed tonight. So start saying that because a tired church never did nothing for nobody. And I, I really don't want to be um, putting time and energy. And, you know, the, uh, the praise team, we practice and stuff a lot. And you just get a bunch of tired people. Let's, uh, let's start being passionate and excited about what God's doing. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Do we have the, this is, now this is the happy part. This is uh, the alternatives to uh, all those bad confessions. These are, these are things you could say anytime. You could say them now. You could say them while I'm talking, but don't get distracted. Um, <clears throat> you can say them when you wake up in the morning. You can say them while you're driving. But learn to start saying what the, what the Word of God says about you. You can say things like, I am bold. And, I'm, and I want to believe that for myself tonight. Um, I am set free. Let's see where I'm at. I am healed. I am delivered. I am victorious. I am full of energy and not tired. I am smart and good looking. People like me. I am prosperous. I am sharp and focused. That's something I, I, I like to, uh, if any of you have maybe started a job recently or even just at school, but that's something really good to, to say. Um, it's, I think it would, uh, I say it a lot because when I first started my new job, uh, Nick probably knows, I, I was, felt like I was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Like, boss would tell me to go get something. I'd be all flustered and I'd go get something. And, and I started to learn to confess it to myself. I'm sharp and focused when I'm asked to do something, I'm gonna, it's going to click with me. And if it doesn't click right away, the Holy Spirit's going to help me with it. <clears throat> a couple other ones. Uh, I have good ideas. And I have a calm and well-balanced mind. So we looked at the negative part of it. And if Jesus came in the room, and you'd have all those negative things that you said. Well, here's what, if Jesus came in this room again and said, Devon, from now on, whatever you say, is going to come to pass exactly the way you say it well in that case you would be bold you would be set free you would be healed you'd be delivered you'd be victorious you'd be full of energy and not tired people would like you you'd be smart and good looking you would be prosperous you would be sharp and focused you'd have good ideas and you would have a calm and well-balanced mind so you know think about it it's jesus doesn't have to come in this room and come down and say that to you it's we should be doing this stuff all the time anyways. You know, words are the most powerful thing that we have. It's, uh, next point I have here is, <clears throat> excuse me, clear my throat. It's a lot easier to say negative things versus positive things. It's a lot easier because, you know, this world, 
we're in a world where the news is always reporting the bad things and the majority of the people you're around every day are confessing bad things like you know just fill in the blank a lot of the things like I said and it's easier to complain it's easier to say the wrong things but we need to be we need to start saying the right things um in uh Proverbs 18:21 y'all can turn there with me Proverbs 18, verses, or verse 21. It says, the, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love it, or those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I thought it was kind of neat, <clears throat> and I'm not going to say I came with this myself. I've heard a, another man of God say it. It might have been you, Paisley, I'm not sure. But it's funny how they mention how the word of God mentions death first. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. And, and what I would take away from that is that it's a lot easier to say the wrong thing. And that's why death is mentioned first. Death meaning like you're saying the wrong thing all the time, so that brings death. Not meaning you're going to die, but it can bring death. And there's death in other ways other than just losing your life. But um, And then it says life. So my thing is, is if you get in the and the habit, you know, you've heard that saying, practice makes perfect. Well, I don't know if you ever become perfect at it, but it's something you can strive for. Um, the more you practice it, it's going to be a lot easier to say the right thing. The more that you confess good things over your life, and it's not, you don't have to be some positive confession Christian where you're just walking around saying this and saying that all the time. It, it, you need to get in, the, get in the habit of saying the right things over your life, over your friend's life, over your church's life, and I, I, I'm really sure things go a lot better for you. And uh, recently I was at <clears throat> uh, the Joel Osteen um, meeting that had called Night of Hope. It was at the Yum Center. And it was really good, and uh, it's really awesome. It's just a really super night. Of course, Joel Osteen's extremely encouraging, smiling the whole time. And it's just really nice. Um, but uh, Dodie Osteen, she got up and gave her testimony. And she was awesome. She was just really great. But um, she talked about I don't remember how old she was I think it might have been 40 she got uh, in, I think it was a, a cancer of the stomach I think it was one of her intestines and she believed in healing she believed that God wanted her to be whole and her to be well but this didn't you know she started confessing certain things of her body but it didn't go away right at first and um, you know it took time and she continued every single day she said she got a handful of scriptures and she confessed these things over her body continually every single day, every time she woke up. And <clears throat> Joel uh, Osteen, Pastor Joel told it, he came home one day and there was pictures in, all, in every room, in the bathroom, hanging on the mirror, on all the end tables, in, in the bedroom, and uh, in the living room, pictures of Dodie Osteen when she was younger, time of her life when she was um, healthy and when she was pretty because she this cancer really, you know, she got down to, I think they said 98 pounds, and she was just really frail, and she wasn't doing well, but um, she said, she said this, and she said, don't talk, to, don't talk about the way you are, uh, talk about the way that you want to be, and that's what this, that's what this whole confession thing is about, you don't need to talk about, you know, I'm feeling so tired, I'm feeling so this, you know, if you say, if you talk about, and you confess, and you speak what God says you are, you're going to win every time. You may not see it instantly, but that's what faith is. You know, those things are going to come, and they're going to show up in your life. Um, 
have this next point. I have, uh, you know, <clears throat> a lot of us when we're studying, and st- well, we're, we're hearing a message like this, and we, we think maybe, you know, I, I say a lot of those bad confessions that he said, and, you know, I say those a lot, and it's hard for me to get my, my tongue under control, and it's hard for me to control my speech, so I probably should just, I'm just going to stop speaking altogether. I'm not going to stop speaking totally, but I'm just going to stop kind of saying that stuff altogether. Well, that's exactly what the devil wants you to do, because God gave us authority. We have authority, and authority is in our words and in our voice, and if the devil can get you just to be quiet, and he can, he can trick you into not using your words at all, you're going to be a Christian that's powerless and without authority, and it's kind of like he's choking you out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So don't let, this, don't let the devil steal the power of your words. Um, I read a book, I think, about two and a half years ago or three years ago. It was really awesome. I think it was that night uh, everybody was here. My brother Melvin passed out all those books, I think, from his uh, Rama school that he was in, and he takes it like every year or something like that, and he, gets, he buys all the books and all the material. And again, but... Uh, one of the books was Know the Power of Your Words. It was by E.W. Kenyon and Don Gossett. And that book, I read it when I worked at Key Electronics. And I would sit there and read it on break and stuff. Because and, I, I, I don't know exactly why. I would just say it was the Lord um, uh, urging me to read something like that. Probably because he knew I need, need to get my mouth under control. Um, but uh, I started reading that book. And, I mean, it seemed that every chapter I went through... Uh, I was getting checked big time. I mean, uh, I used to say this one thing. Thank God I don't say anymore. I used to say, people would say, Amps, you seem pretty healthy. They say, oh, I am. But, you know, I never get sick but one time a year. And when I do, it's usually really bad. Well, literally, one time a year, every year, I would get like this, like, huge, like, flu or virus. And I'd be out for at least a week. Seriously, every time. Well, I read that book, and, and it said something along those lines, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I thought back for all the years. I mean, I remember that time when I was sick. I got strep throat. I was there and there and there. I was like, man, I've been, I've been getting what I say. Yeah. And uh, I learned to, after reading something like that, and the Lord helping me and the Holy Spirit helping me learn how to control what I say, that stuff started going away. Sure, I've, I've been sick once or twice since then, but it's, it's not anything like... Um, like what it was before, but I mean, it might have been just like a little cold or something. I don't like sickness. I mean, whether it's a cold, whether it's cancer, I don't like any of it, but um, it wasn't like it had been, and I've, you know, I'm still, Lord's still dealing with me every day. Stuff I say, I might slip up at work and say something, or say something I didn't mean to, but Lord's helping me every day. You just need to be patient with yourself, and, and don't think that uh, you need to change overnight. It's, it's, it's a growing process, and we're all doing it together, and, uh, you know, it just takes time. <clears throat> and uh you know words are like seeds and what what we say excuse me um what what you say um is going to be planted and you'll reap that harvest whether it's good or bad not saying like look out here comes all this bad stuff but you know if you're walking around saying speaking negative things over your life all the time you're going to see that harvest and so we really need just to be careful with with the words that we're saying because we're we will see that harvest, and uh, it could be good or it could be bad, but let's just choose to um, say, the, say the right things. Another reason I know our words are powerful, you know, it, does, it doesn't just work uh, for believers. You know, it works for non-believers because uh, I've heard Jordan mention it before. Um, a lot of people in the business world, Hoss, have, 
like uh, big leadership seminars and uh, big, you know, business seminars. I don't really know anything about them, but it's all about motivational speaking. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you need to tell yourself you're the best and you're going to have all these awesome ideas. <laughs> it works because think of how many that do. You know, other, uh, a lot of ones that are super positive probably, I don't know any personally, but it, I'm sure it works. And, and, you know, other things like that song, uh, you know, because I'm happy, clap along if, you know that song. That's that's the world's way. You know, really think about it. Sure, happiness is in the Bible, of course, but <clears throat> if you think about it, who hasn't sung that song and got happy? You, you're saying, because I'm happy, because I'm happy, but, you know, that's like, it's, I kind of thought of that as kind of like the world's way of uh, of a, some kind of spirituality thing, but I, I do like that song. But um, I have uh, three points here, kind of just in closing. Um, number one, we need to replace our negative words uh, with the word of God. Remember all those all those negative things that you've been confessing. Learn to start learn to start weeding that stuff out and start getting the word for yourselves. Don't just come to church and expect pastor to tell you how to talk. That's great. We need that. I need it. But getting the word for yourself because that's when real growth will start happening. And I, I'm learning to do it. I love it every time I've heard Brother Jordan say. You know, he preaches what the Lord's dealing with him. That's, I mean, I'm not up here all the time, but that's the same. That's what I wanted to do tonight because I feel like these past oh, three, four, five months, I've really been trying to focus on the words that I say and speak uh, things over my life. And <clears throat> I told you about me being sharp and focused. I've been confessing that one well, my boss today, Nick's dad, uh, said some really nice things to me today. And, 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 and I give all the credit to, of course, the Holy Spirit, but from that thing I've been saying. I've been sharp, I'm sharp and focused. He told me that I, he, he knows lots of improvement and that everything's clicking with me now. He's very happy with me. And so, of course, I got really happy on the inside and I said, I know, I know exactly why, but uh, it, it just takes time. Get yourself established in that. And don't just, don't just rattle it off like, I'm blessed, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm prosperous. Don't just do that because that's meaningless. Say, say these things and actually mean it. Have, have some, Act like this stuff is a, is alive because it really is. Because your words are, your words are very powerful, and you will have what you say, whether good or bad. Uh, point number two: uh, confessing the word of God produces hope, and hope produces faith. So just keep keep confessing the word of God because uh, all those all those positive confessions. I don't I, I like that term, but I kind of don't. But if you, I think you all know what I mean. The positive confessions. I think of that sometimes. It's kind of one of those terms where, eh, but it, it gets the point across. But uh, those positive confessions, they do, they're going to get you hopeful, thinking, yes, I am prosperous. I am, I am bold. I am strong. So that's going to produce faith that those things will actually going to show up. Um, point number three, and this is my last point for the night. Uh, it's kind of long, but confessing the word of God gets the word of God down in your heart, and this will enforce faith to believe for the answers. So, uh, that's everything I had for tonight. I, uh, I was really excited to share this with you all. It's something that just been kind of rolling around in me, and I'm really glad to have the opportunity. So thank you for uh, allowing me to share this. So uh, we're going to uh, switch over into the second portion of the night. And uh, this brother, he hails from the Oaxaca Parish Convent <laughs> of Guadalupe. No, this, uh, the next guy up is uh, <laughs> old Brucey boy, Mama Bird whatever you want to call him, uh, he's going to come and he's going to kind of do a part two for tonight. So everyone, let's, let's get a little standing O for uh, 
Evan Cook slash Bruce. Woo! There it is. <laughs> Y'all can keep going. You don't have to stop. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you can sit down. <clears throat> uh, if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Mark uh, chapter 4, go ahead and have that uh, ready. <clears throat> I'm going to talk, and I'd also like to, to thank Brother Jordan for letting me get up here and, uh, you know, talk. Uh, give y'all a little speech I made. <clears throat> but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to talk tonight on... Uh, the subject of hearing and how important it is to monitor uh, what we hear. So, Mark chapter 4 and verse 24, it says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. So, notice that first part, take heed what you hear. And that's actually kind of the, I guess, title. If you're taking notes, if you want to give this a title, uh, take heed what you hear. Uh, so I've got three kind of points that I'm going to walk through and kind of elaborate on tonight. And the first one is what you allow in your ears will eventually come out of your mouth. So this ties right along with what Amzie was saying and how important confession is. Um, so let's go ahead and jump over with this to Luke uh, chapter 6. Luke, who's Luke? I don't know. <clears throat> Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. It says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So notice what you're putting in your heart, and uh, Basie kind of talked along this when he, when he preached on guard your garden. What you allow in yourself through hearing is what's going to come out of your mouth when you talk. So that's just kind of some basic, some logic. You know, if you, if, you, if you pour a cup of milk and then knock it over, orange juice is not going to spill out of it. It's going to be milk because what you put in is what's going to come out. So <clears throat> uh, you can start turning back to Mark 4 if you want, and we're going to kind of just, just chill there for a little second. <clears throat> So notice, what you continually listen to is what's going to become planted in your heart, whether it's positive or negative. So Mark 4 is uh, this parable at the beginning, this parable that Jesus talks about. And it's the parable of the sower, and the sower sows the word, and some falls on different types of ground, and then some falls on fertile ground and yields a harvest. Well, in Mark chapter 9, which is right after he's finished telling this parable, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is giving us a clue. These seeds that are being planted, it's what you hear and it's what you allow into your uh, your spirit by listening to. So um, the seed that's planted, you choose the seed because you choose what you listen to. So in this example, it's the, it's the sower sowing the word and the word is planted and it produces a harvest. Well, it could just as easily be you listening to uh, something negative uh, whatever that may be, negative influences, well, that's going to get planted as well, and that's going to produce a harvest. So it's up to you what seed, when you plant the wrong thing in your heart, um, that's what's going to grow. So, And also, if we look here in verse 7, uh, it says, And some of the seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, 
and it yielded no crop. So notice the word, it's being planted. It was planted into somebody's heart, but there is something that was already growing there that overtook the word and choked it out. So that's why it's important. Um, if maybe you think you hear Amazon, you're like, well, yeah, you know, I want to have a positive confession, and, you know, I want to say the right things, but it just seems like I just have, you know, it's just the wrong things come out. Like maybe, you know, I, I cuss people out at work when I get really frustrated, or I just make these bad confessions. Well, you got to look at through the week, what are you putting into yourself? Because that's what's going to come out, and you can't just show up and, you know, you come to church and you hear a message like what Amzie said, or you hear pastor on Sunday. Well, and then through the week, you're putting in negative things, you know, listening to the wrong things. Well, that's going to choke the word out, and it's, it's going to be these negative things that are going to give you the harvest. So, so what you allow in your ears will eventually come out of your mouth. <clears throat> Second point, point number two, is what you continually hear, you will start to believe. And I'm going to talk about a psychological principle at the risk of getting really heady with you guys. This is courtesy of Psych 101 down at IUS. If this really ministers to you, you can write a thank you letter to Amy Edison, um, the Corey's favorite psych professor down at IUS. Um, <clears throat> but there's this principle, and it's called the illusory truth effect. And what it says is it's the effect, um, it's the tendency to believe information to be correct because we are exposed to it more often. So Regardless of whether or not a statement is true, our brains are wired to the more we're exposed to it, the more likely we are to believe it based on just sheer exposure, no matter if it's true, if it makes any sense or not. And they, you know, they do test and test and test, and that's just, it's, it's not like you're making a conscious effort like, man, I've heard this you know, 15 times, maybe I should start to believe it. It's your brain, it's something, it's called a, a cognitive bias, which is a really fancy sounding word and it just means that's the way your brain works so our brains are created the more that the more that we expose ourselves to something the more that we're going to believe it and so if we want to look at kind of the spiritual side of that we can go to Romans 10 uh, verse 17 uh, pretty uh, pretty obscure scripture not a lot of uh, exposure on this one but uh, it says you know um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so Notice it doesn't just come by, yeah, I heard the word of God, so now I've got faith. It comes by repeated exposure, and the more that you hear the word, the more you expose yourself to it, the more your faith is going to grow. But notice, that's, you know, in this, in this scripture, it's talking about faith in the word of God, but it could just as easily be the more you expose yourself to the wrong things and negativity and doubt and unbelief, well, then that's going to have the same effect. Your belief is going to shift over into what you expose yourself to continually. So, and that's another reason throughout the week you can't just come and you show up on Sunday and Thursday nights and be like, okay, I guess I'll just get in my weekly uh, devotion here while pastor's preaching, and that'll be my weekly Bible reading. It's got to be a continuous thing because what you expose yourself to, that's what, that's what you're going to be believe, so, and that's what you're going to have your faith on. Uh, you can go ahead and turn to John chapter 10 right quick. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is my third and final point. It's short, short and sweet, this whole little thing. Um, uh, John 10, chapter 4, 
It says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So point number three is what you continually listen to will become familiar to you. And so notice in this scripture, the sheep who are familiar with uh, with God's voice, they follow him, and the next verse goes into, in the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So we know God's voice after giving ourselves to listening to him. So a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, you know, I want to hear from God, I just don't know. I don't know God's voice. I don't know how to tell if it's, is it is it God talking? Is it just my brain? Well, the the way that you learn to distinguish God's voice is by giving yourself to communicating with Him and spending time listening to Him, because the more that you spend time listening to Him, His voice is going to become familiar to you, and it's going to become easier to distinguish it, and it's going to be clearer. So, uh, the easier it's going to be uh, to pick up on when God is speaking to you, maybe just in your everyday life, and. Um, you know, maybe you have, you're out and about doing whatever you do, and God's speaking to you, well, it's going to be easy to pick up onto it, because you've spent time becoming familiar with his voice, um, so it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I was going to give this example, and, uh, I was thinking that maybe not everyone here would catch it, because I know a lot of people, I was going to talk about being on the phone, right, and, um, when you make a call, because when I was young, and young people right now, and I mean like young people, more than middle school people, um, there's there's like texting and like Skype and ways we can get a hold of each other. But when I was younger, I had to call on our home phone, um, which is an ancient dinosaur piece of equipment, I realized. But I would call on my home phone, and a lot of times I would be calling Mr. Charles over here because I wanted to, you know, get in, get in touch with him. And so, you know, I would call, and most likely Miss Tracy would answer, and I would have to be like, hey, Miss Tracy, uh, it's Bruce. Can I talk to Charles, please? And she would go get him. But notice, I spent, I spent a lot of time with Charles. It's been almost two decades. And I was fam- I'm familiar with Charles's voice. So maybe my mom brings me the phone, and she's like, hey, you have a phone call. Well, when I hear him start talking, I know, I know Charles's voice because I'm familiar with it, because I've spent time with Charles, and because I've communicated with Charles. And so when he's talking to me, if it's on the phone, he doesn't have to say, hey, man, this is Charles. Uh, you know, I'm calling for Bruce. I don't know. If, I know it's him. Or if he leaves me a voicemail on my phone, he doesn't have to say, hey, man, uh, this is Micah Stumler just calling for you. I know who it is. Even though we have caller ID, I would, I would know who it is anyway because I've spent time with him, and I've become familiar with his voice. So... Another thing, um, if we if our attention is scattered and we're letting, uh, we have a lot of sources that we're allowing uh, ourselves to hear, then it's going to be harder to pick up God's voice. So it's like, um, you know, if if I'm talking to to D or somebody, I'm like, hey D, what's up? How are you? You look good. Great. Okay, he can hear me just fine because um, there is nobody else talking. But if everybody comes up here with me and we're all trying to talk to D and I'm standing here and I'm like, hey, D, you look really good. Hey, nice to see you. He's not going to hear me. He's not going to be able to pick it out. So you've got to um, take time specifically to spend with God and become accustomed to his voice, to hear his voice. So uh, that's that. Just to reiterate, point number one, what you allow in your ears will eventually come out of your mouth. Point number two, what you continually hear, you will start to believe. And point number three, what you continually listen to will become familiar to you. And that is all I have.
give it up for these two gentlemen tonight. Logic one-on-one. We experienced it here tonight. Wasn't that legit? Wasn't that amazing? Come on. Good word from both of you tonight. And it flowed perfectly together. And of course, like always, that impartation. You have to bring Haas and Charlesi into the messages. For it to be a solid message, they, they always get in there. And Sookie gets in there too. So uh, a couple quick things as we...